name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. Are getting to our tonight's speaker, which is Garrett Lang. Garrett Lang has a passion for personal growth and for helping others overcome their struggles. He is a relationship coach, and this is so cool, the author of a brand new book, Relationship Rescue, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do, and is also a John Maxwell certified coach and speaker. Helping others understand and master effective communication techniques is really one of his greatest joys because he believes, as I do, it is one of the greatest skills that a person can possess. Please welcome to the virtual stage my good friend, Garrett Lang. Garrett, the stage is yours. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience and share with you some of the things that I've learned over the years about building relationships, effective communication, and some of the things that, that cause so many heartaches within relationships. <clears throat> And what I find when I deal with people and coaching situations or just talking to individuals in my day-to-day life, most people wait until they reach the end of themselves before they reach out for some help. And so what often happens is people find themselves in a place of frustration, a place of despair, a place of hopelessness, quite honestly. And it's unfortunate. And one thing I would like to encourage everybody out there, if you're feeling this way, if you're feeling like your relationship isn't living up to your expectations, keep this in mind. Just because nothing you've tried in the past has worked doesn't mean nothing you could try could work. And that's a, a really important distinction because all that means, if you haven't gotten the results you want in your relationship, it just means you haven't yet learned the skills of communication or you haven't yet developed yourself in the areas that you need to develop in order to get the results that you're looking for. So don't fall into the pitfall that just because you've never gotten the result you want, that that means you could never get the result that you want because you absolutely can make a difference in your relationship. It just comes down to building the skills, developing yourself, and being able to understand what it's gonna take to get what you're looking for in your relationship. And so as I talk to people, it inevitably comes down to people thinking that all the problems and all the solutions lie with their partner. And this is an unfortunate uh, perspective because the truth is all the change in our relationship begins with ourselves. We have to learn to develop ourselves. We have to learn to take responsibility for the results that we're getting. And there's a really important mind shift that needs to take place. And I want to give you an example of, of one of these. Imagine if you're in a relationship and one of your frustrations 
is that your partner doesn't listen to you. They don't pay attention to you when you're talking to them. Now imagine if I believe that it's my partner's job to listen to me when I'm talking to them, then what happens when I'm talking and they're not paying attention? What am I likely going to feel in that moment? And the truth is, I'm probably gonna feel frustrated. I'm gonna be prone to get upset or annoyed. I might feel disrespected. I'm gonna have all these negative emotions flood into my mind because they're not paying attention to me. But if you change the mindset and you take responsibility for that interaction and you say, I need, as the communicator, I need to be such an effective communicator and articulate my thoughts very well so that I can capture the attention of my partner and I can hold the attention of my partner while I effectively communicate what it is that I'm trying to get across. Then what happens if they're not listening to me? Instead of feeling frustrated, angry, disrespected, and all those negative feelings, I'm more likely to come away with the thought that, hmm, I didn't get the result I wanted. My partner isn't listening to me the way that I would like. So therefore, I need to continue to develop my communication skills. I need to get better at articulating what it is I want to articulate. Or I need to do a better job of controlling my tone, my facial expressions, my posture, all the things that really drive the majority of meaning in our communication. And so it changes everything. And it's really important, and, and although I'm using the, the listening to your partner example, this holds true in lots of different aspects and areas of our relationship. So start with asking yourself, what can I do to impact a positive change? And in what way can I bring a difference to this relationship that will make a difference for, for what it is, whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish in my relationship. Instead of pointing the finger at your partner, look in the mirror and start understanding what it is that you can do better as an individual. This is really important. <clears throat> Another aspect that I hear all the time is, well, we communicate regularly, it just never goes well. <laughs> and just because you're communicating, quote unquote, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you're helping the situation. And here's what I mean. Every time we communicate, we are building ideas in our partner's mind about what they can expect from future communications or conversations. And what I mean is, if, if I told you, go have a conversation with this person, they're probably going to get angry. They're likely going to, you know, rebuttal you with some harsh words. They might possibly just shut down and it's probably not going to end well. If that's the stage I set for you, and then I said, okay, now go have that conversation, <clears throat> you're more than likely gonna go into that conversation a little bit timid. You're probably gonna have your guard up a little bit, and your radar is going to be set on high alert for any signs of that person having a negative response. And it's going to have a huge effect on how you approach the conversation and how quickly you assume negativity into the situation. And that's all based on just your presumptions. Even if, even if those are false presumptions, if that's what you think, you're going to carry that into the conversation. And so now ask yourself this. What do you expect when you communicate with your partner? If your partner says, hey, we need to have a talk, do you cringe? Do the alarm bells go off in your head and think, oh, God, not another one? 
you know, and, and be willing to ask yourself the same question. What is, what is likely my partner's response when they think about what they can expect from our communication? Because what they can expect, what they think they can expect is going to drive dramatically their willingness to even engage in those time, types of conversations. If I think it's going to always end in an argument, there's a very good chance I'm not going to want to have that conversation. And I oftentimes hear couples tell me, well, my partner never talks to me. He just shuts down. And when I start digging into the, the situation, it inevitably bears itself out that they don't know how to communicate effectively. And people are creating a scenario where the partner doesn't want to engage because they have built an expectation of negativity. And so when we have these communications, whenever you're talking, you're either building the belief in your partner that things can get better and that they should believe that things can get better, or you're reaffirming in their minds that it's only ever going to be what it already is and they should never expect anything different. So it's hugely important when you're communicating that you're doing it purposefully and carefully with your goal in mind because whether or not you think you're helping or hurting doesn't mean you're not helping or hurting. All communication has an impact and we need to, we need to approach our communication with our partner with that in mind. The next thing I want to talk about is why are we even here? Why are we even talking about this, right? Whose fault is it? Hear that all the time. Well, it's my partner's fault. If they wouldn't have this, then I wouldn't have that. And if you think about fault, the truth is trying to place blame or fault never results in a resolution or a repair of a situation. And that's not to say that there's never a place for one of the individuals to take ownership of a situation or of a behavior or of, you know, something that happened. But that's not where the conversation needs to begin. And the reason I say that is ask yourself, what is your response? What is your initial response when somebody blames you for something that you don't believe is your fault? Inevitably, your initial response is, whoa, 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 I didn't do that. You've misunderstood, and I need to explain to you where you've misunderstood. And so inevitably, what, what turns into an argument is usually one partner trying to defend themselves from an allegation they don't believe is true. It doesn't matter if it is or not. The point is that conversation immediately gets off on the wrong foot because one person is automatically on the defensive and feeling like they need to justify and validate themselves in the, in the midst of the accusation. And we might be thinking to ourselves, well, there's no reason for them to, to defend it because, because they did X, Y, Z. But you have to keep in mind, everybody has their own perspective. In their mind, it's probably a different situation. And so we have to go into it understanding that resolution is the goal, not blame. And not only that, for me to place blame or to try and point the finger at my partner or my wife in this case, if I were to say, hey, it was your fault, if it wasn't for this that you did, then I would, it's so disempowering. Because what you're really saying is you were powerless to affect any outcome, and the only reason the outcome happened is because of the wrong that you did. 
And so you're basically, you're giving away all the power that you have in the situation to try and affect a positive outcome. And you're giving it away by trying to say that the blame all rests on your partner. So really work at getting out of the blame game and getting into the resolution game and understanding how do we find common ground? We can always circle back in a conversation afterwards and start to understand why did we have this miscommunication? Why did I feel like you wronged me? And why did you feel like you didn't or vice versa? But resolution needs to be the starting point. Another important part of, of communication is keeping in mind what's the goal? What's the purpose? And why are we even having this conversation? And the reason this is important is because when, when I'm talking with my wife, right, if, if we're having a, a disagreement and something's, something's not meshing, right, if I get angry and I start yelling and I start venting, right, I'm placing priority on how I feel which is relieving my frustrations through, through venting and anger, right? That's not going to help. And so what I prioritize is going to determine what I do. And if my priority is venting and getting things off my chest instead of understanding her, then I'm always going to have the conversation go awry because my focus gets lost. And it's the same thing with, with understanding. Is it more important for you to be understood or is it more important for you to understand? And this one's huge. And here's why I say that. Because if your priority is to understand your partner, how much interrupting happens? Almost none. Because your priority is trying to understand why your partner thinks what they think, why your partner feels what they feel. And you don't, you're not concerned with trying to plead your case. And I used to, when I was in a younger, younger man and in other relationships, I used to think if I could only just explain myself well enough, if they could just hear my reasons, they would agree with me and it would all be settled. <laughs> That's so naive because you can't control what somebody thinks, but you can control how well you understand your partner. You can control how you respond to your partner and to some degree, with your effective communication, you can control how well your partner understands you and it makes all the difference. The next thing I want to mention briefly here is they say that in communication, 93% of what is actually understood is derived from our tone, from our body language and from our facial expressions. And to demonstrate this, if, my wife walks in the door and she's like, hey, Garrett, I'm home. And I was like, great, glad to see you with a roll of the eyes and that tone in my voice. She's going to probably question why I had that response. And what always happens with couples who, who struggle in this department is when, when the real communication is challenged, then the defense is given for the words. What? All I said was, I'm happy to see you when really the, what the true meaning of the communication was really driven by the tone, the body language, the facial expressions. And so when, when we're trying to build more effective communication, the most important area to focus is in the area that drives the biggest results, which is those three aspects of tone, body language, and facial expressions. And so if you can build a really strong awareness, and this was hard for me, this was hard for me. My wife, early in our relationship, she was constantly telling me, Garrett, I. I think your tone is coming off harsh. Garrett, I don't really 
like the way that your tone sounds. And I was just unaware of it. And so I had to really train myself to start building that awareness to how I sound and what communication am I really presenting when I'm speaking. And so if you're trying to really build strong, effective communication, communication that doesn't result in misunderstandings or frustrations or negative assumptions or somebody just assumes, well, they, they must mean this. So therefore, I'm going to respond with my own negativity because I'm assuming that this is what they meant. Right. We want to avoid all those misconceptions and those negative assumptions. And the best way to do that is to be very careful about how we speak uh, and the tone that we're using, the way that we're presenting what we say. And that's going to make a huge impact. Probably the biggest impact I would suggest is your tone. If you can control your tone and don't just do this with your partner, because I promise you, if you try to do your tone control only with your partner and everyone else in life that you speak with, you don't put any thought into it. It's not going to become a habit and it's not going to become something that you build real awareness to because you're only doing it for a fraction of the time. So make it really important for yourself to start controlling those aspects of how you speak and how you communicate because it will, it will make a huge difference. And, and one other thing I want to mention uh, briefly here, anytime we're trying to go from a place in our relationship where communication hasn't been great and we've been struggling and there's been misunderstandings or, or there's these negative assumptions that exist, we have to, we have to openly communicate with our partner that we acknowledge where we need to grow and where we need to do better. And the reason this is important isn't because your partner needs to know where your weaknesses are. I promise you they know all your weaknesses. They need to know that you know what your weaknesses are and that you care enough to work on improving them. And, and if you're going to do this, and this is probably one of the most important parts of this, of this topic. If you're going to tell your partner, I'm aware that this specific area in our communication, I haven't done great. I'm aware that I want to improve and I, I just want you to know I'm going to work on this. If you turn around and don't work on it, you're only going to continue to build in their mind that assumption that they shouldn't expect anything different. Because even when you say you're going to change, even when you say that's important to you, they see nothing happen. And so don't commit to change. Don't tell your partner you're going to change. Don't get specific about the areas that you're going to fix if you're not serious about actually working in those areas. Because you're only going to do more harm than good if, if you say those types of things and then just continue as, as if nothing has changed and nothing has happened. So those are, those are some of the highlights that I wanted to point out for everybody. Uh, it's really hard to squeeze um, you know, all the different aspects of communication and, and relationship building into a 15-minute window, but uh, hopefully these are helpful to you and you will be able to implement these immediately in the next conversation to start bringing about different results.